This is episode 126 of Alohomora for February 28, 2015. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Alohomora. I'm Kat Miller. I'm Allison Sigurd. And I'm Kristen Keyes. And this week's special guest is Lauren, or Looney Lauren, on the forums. How are you doing, Lauren? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. Um, a question we like to ask is, which house are you in? I am a very proud Ravenclaw. Awesome, ah! awesome, nice. awesome. Me too, me too. <laughs> That's oh, what I like to hear. I'm the outlier today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're outnumbered. That's ra- that's rare. <laughs> um, tell us how you came to Harry Potter. Um, well, I was really young when it started, but my brother was pretty big into it, and he was watching the movie one night, the first movie. So I watched it with him, and then I just kind of started from there. I don't really remember exactly what age I was, but I was pretty young. You were hooked. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, how it happens for most people, I think. It takes, you know, the Mm -hmm. movie or one of the books and it's like, yeah, definitely sold for life. Good. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. So this week I wanted to remind everybody that we are going to be doing uh, chapter eight, Snape Victorious. Ooh, it's a very ominous (laughs) title. (laughs) But of course, before we jump into this week's chapter, we are going to go over some recap comments from last week, which was chapter seven of Half-Blood Prince. Our first one here comes from, this is so cute, Holly Wobbles. (laughs) Okay. Um, This was a conversation about Stan Shunpike that happened last episode. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to read it. It says, Stan's a Death Eater. We assume he was sent to Azkaban wrongly because that's what Harry and Dumbledore think throughout Half-Blood Prince. But at the beginning of Deathly Hallows, he is part of the party of Death Eaters that attack the Order while they are moving Harry from Privet Drive. Harry thinks he is under the Imperious Curse for that, but I've got another theory. The Ministry arrested him for bragging about being a Death Eater, and even when it was clear he was just an idiot, they still wouldn't let him go. They held him in Azkaban for over a year just to make it look like they were doing something. I think that after Voldy and his supporters broke him out, he joined up. If we assume this to be correct, then we can look at this as another political comment from Joe. And I like that because it adds some depth depth to the character who is otherwise just comic relief. OGM? Question mark? Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I really liked the twist on this character. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great, actually. Yeah. I, man, I never even thought of that. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's kind of like Wormtail when he just is kind of joining up with people that can protect him. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Mm-hmm. But is know. Stan the type to do that? I don't know. We know so absolutely nothing <laughs> yeah, about Stan. I don't really know his character that much. <laughs> I mean, he's what, like tall, gangly, and has I was going to say, just oily, right? yeah. oily man. <laughs> but is that movieism? No, that's true, right? No, that's, that's, that's book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe he doesn't have the brains for this, but I think it's very intriguing. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact yeah. that there's, you know, another political comment from there, from Joe in there, because, you know, the books are fraught with them. I'm sure she'll tell us soon on Pottermore. It's fine. <laughs> well, she's going to listen to the episode and then she'll have to tell us. Yeah, exactly. Maybe she'll tweet it out. Exactly. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> right, right. Maybe she'll tweet about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> Our next comment here is from Scarlet Ghost. One thing I wanted to ask was why does Voldemort brand Draco? It is made clear that Voldemort doesn't expect Draco to actually succeed in his mission to kill. He essentially gives the task to Draco expecting him to fail, and the only reason he does it is to punish Lucius for his insolence. It is shown that the dark mark is reserved for his inner circle of death eaters, and it is actually an honor to have the mark. We know Draco isn't that honored, at least later on, but I don't know why Voldemort would have done something like that in the first place if he just wanted to hurt the Malfoys. On top of that, it just isn't that smart. Like, sure, Draco can wear long sleeve shirts during the day, but he eventually has to change or shower, we assume. And why would they take such a risk of others seeing it, even if it was just other Slytherins? We also know the Dark Lord has spies in the Ministry who don't have the mark. The only possible reason for him to have it would be for him to summon Draco, 
But if that was the case, couldn't he just summon Snape if Draco was at Hogwarts or any other Death Eater if he wasn't? Unless there's another purpose the mark provides. I think I think to some extent it makes the humiliation of him failing even worse. If Voldemort mm. makes this big show of him being part of the inner circle of Death Eaters and he has the dark mark and then he fails so horribly, then the Malfoys fall even further. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And also Draco is so young that if he ends up changing his mind someday, then he'll always have that mark on him and others will always see that and everything. Does it fade eventually? Because it was, it was fading. It it, yeah, it was fading like before Voldemort came back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because didn't Karkarov say it's getting darker? Yeah. 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 Hmm. They were the um some of the listeners were talking in the comments about how um one of the possible reasons could be that the spells that are used at the end of this chapter you have to have, have to have the not this chapter the end of the book excuse me you have to have the dark mark in order to get through them okay. after Dumbledore yeah, yeah, yeah. is killed but mm. that is very preemptive like that is yeah. some like thinking ahead if that's the reason yeah and also I mean. If that was the case, then Voldemort would have had to known that Draco would fail, but I guess he does kind of know that Draco's going to fail. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of assume that he knows that Draco's not going to be able to go through with it. I don't know. It actually makes no sense to me whatsoever, and I never thought about it until right now <laughs> about why he would be branded with the Dark Mark. Well, I guess we'll see what the listeners have to say, mm-hmm. see what they think about it. Go from there. Our last recap comment here comes from Rose Lumos. She says, Assuming Dumbledore knew Draco was a Death Eater, why would he allow him back at school? I get that he is the puppet master and he has a plan for everything, but really, why would he allow someone who is actively trying to kill him into Hogwarts? The host previously discussed how Draco is responsible for almost killing Katie and Ron, but what if he had actually succeeded? Would that make Dumbledore responsible for the death of two of his students because he knowingly allowed a dangerous student in? Ooh. Jeez, I would hope if he had killed Katie first or whatever, that then Dumbledore would put a stop to it. Like, all right. Yeah, I think right now Dumbledore is just trying to help Draco out and is hoping that he'll change his mind about everything. Yeah, I would agree mm-hmm. with that. Putting his faith in the good side. But yeah, there's an argument to be made that Draco doesn't have a good side. Yeah, it that that's so risky though as well to be risking the lives of your students. That's just Hogwarts for... teachers are all really risky though. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I do yeah. think that if he had succeeded, it would be on Dumbledore's shoulders, and I think that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, what what's he gonna do? How's Dumbledore not going to allow Draco back to school? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's the other side of the coin. I mean, you know, Lucius is on the board of governors, right? Still, Mm -hmm. right? No, not Not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's in Azkaban, right? Yeah, I think he got kicked (laughs) off after book two or something. Okay, (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) Use your brain, cat. Um, (laughs) Okay, but still. Are you saying him going back in after he killed the two students? No, I'm saying oh, okay. how could how, how could have Dumbledore ever gotten Draco out of school in the first place? Like, there's no way he could have just kicked him out. Gotcha. Because he's Draco Malfoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's a way. I don't know. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. I guess, listeners, give us your input. Let us know what you think about these and all of the other comments. There were over 200 comments on the Holy main site cow. this week. Oof. And... um. Yeah, it took me like two hours to read them all. I read every single one. They were brilliant. So many good discussions. So definitely head over there, join in the conversation, alohamora.mugglenet.com. Y'all know what to do by now, so go do it, okay? All right, and to follow up with that, we want to go over our podcast question of the week responses for last week. And our question was, Molly said in a previous chapter that Arthur was passed up for the slug club. Which other characters might have been overlooked by Slughorn's selection process? Has having the Slug Club ever backfired on Professor Slughorn? So we had lots of good comments. Um, A lot of different 
names got thrown out, different characters got thrown out, so I thought I would just list some of the most common ones that came out. So a lot of people talked about Fred and George were one that they believed Slughorn would have loved to have had he been around. Huh, um, really? Yeah, uh, a lot of people were saying because just their innovative magic and their ability to come up with all these crazy business schemes and um, magical tricks that would put them in line for that, which makes sense. I mean, he he picks up Ginny, mm-hmm. and Ginny's a lot like friend George, so... Yeah, but her magic is flashier than theirs. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think their magic's pretty subtle. Oh, I think uh, their their magic's pretty flashy. I love all the stuff yeah. that they do. <clears throat> no, but think think about it. They aren't about the they're about they're more charmers. They're more like charming transfiguration or whatever. And Ginny is curses and hexes and, you know, the more of the dueling type. Gotcha. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet okay. Slughorn would have liked the business uh, connection, though, with them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Their products and everything. And I could see mm-hmm. like that. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, uh, you, can fin- you can finish your list now. So. No, it's good. We can talk about these as we go. Um, Lupin was another one that got mentioned a lot. Um, a lot of people were questioning whether he would be passed up because he's a werewolf or because he was so poor. Um both. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of there's a lot of back and forth on that though because a lot of people said he would get invited just because he's so smart. I don't think so. I mean, I love Lupin, Lupin love, but um I think he's a little too no nope. broken down and no and real poor connections. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh another one we got a lot of was Lockhart. Um a lot of people said he could have mistakenly thought that he had a a lot of skill. Um, I believe that was on Pottermore that he was able to kind of charm his way through a lot. Yep, I completely agree with that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Ludo Bagman was another one that got brought up um, <laughs> with his Quidditch skill, his ministry connections. They're probably already friends. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, w- I, would, I would say that one. Uh, more Weasleys, Bill and Charlie this time, and Percy was also brought up um, for their ambition, their different sectors, um, Bill at Greengoods, um, Charlie with the Dragons, Percy at the Ministry. In fact, um, a couple people said Percy working at the Ministry could be, and not speaking to the rest of the Weasleys, could be the reason that Ron wasn't included in the Slug Club. Um, Luna and Xenophilius Lovegood were both mentioned um, by different listeners for their outside-the-box thinking um, is it Ophelius for his, for the Quibbler, maybe? Um, Bellatrix Lestrange was also brought up, um, which was an interesting one. People were questioning whether she was always that crazy and would have Slughorn picked up on the craziness yes. and avoided her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you, I, I imagine her being one of those crazy girls in uh, high school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Snape was mentioned. People weren't sure if he was in the club or passed up or not, um, especially with connection to Lily. Too greasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a brilliant potion maker. Uh, yeah, I but I mean, they were in school at the same time together, so I feel like we would have heard if Snape were in the slug, slug club. Mm-hmm. I bet That's that true. Slughorn stayed away from people that were supporters of Voldemort also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Barty Crouch Jr. was brought up. Um, I believe we learn at one point he got 12 owls. Um, so people are saying he was probably brilliant enough that Slughorn would have tried to collect him. Um, Cornelius Fudge was an interesting one that was discussed, whether he had showed any talent or any ambition at school that would have indicated that he could have been the Minister of Magic, or if that was one Slughorn missed um, and missed a connection there. Um, I, bet, and th- I, I bet that's another one who's friends with them already. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see it. And another one was Rita Skeeter. Um, people were saying she was probably just as nosy at school and probably had some... Slughorn would have wanted some kind of connection to the news. Mm-hmm. 
So those were the missed out members that were. I could I could members. see Rita being the little waiter like Neville is in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's just there to get the scoop on everyone, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. To be the little spy. Oh, poor Neville. That part. It's uh, oh. like, oh yeah, look, I'm here too. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. So sad. <laughs> oh, so sad. Anyway, on to our second part of the question: whether the Slug Club has ever backfired. So there were a couple different threads really kind of going with most of these. Um, so I I just kind of picked two that kind of went on each of these. And the first one is about the Marauder era. And it's from Blame It on the Nargles, who says, I would guess that if Lily was a definite part of the club, and hypothetically, by extension, James slash Sirius slash maybe Lupin, werewolf status being a deterrent, maybe getting at least an invite, think James being head boy, Lupin being bookish and perfect, and Sirius dashing good looks, the only person not included in the gang, Pettigrew. And while it never really backfired in Slughorn's face directly, so we get so much information by Rowling that he was always so overshadowed by everyone, I'm guessing that it's just another one of those many things James slash Siri slash Lupin were able to do, and there's Peter, alone again on a Saturday night, just desperately waiting in the dark for the next full moon when he can be useful to his friends again, who are undoubtedly the more powerful of the students at Hogwarts at that time. Ruminating on ways he would be able to match them in glory, getting his shining moment, blah, blah, blah. Which I think is fascinating that Pettigrew would be left out. And this could be where the fuel for his eventual betrayal starts coming from. I think that's a valid point. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no way Pettigrew would have ever made it into the Slug Club. Although, I mean... Slughorn is a little, he's a little, he's a little skeezy, right? He's like, he's a a little dirty, a little, a little like back alley type guy. Yeah. Um, Like he'd get a lot, like get along with Mundungus. Um, (laughs) So I don't think it's totally out of the question. I don't know. I I, I mean, the 10% chance for a Pettigrew. I just, I don't think he's smart enough. I don't yeah. know. I mean, he has the connections of James Sirius and, you know, maybe Lupin. But, I mean, beyond that, that's as far as, like, his connections go. Like, so in all honesty, though, I don't think any of the Marauders were in the Slug Club. Me so. neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And our next comment on the other most popular backfire, um, I chose Scarlet Ghosts, who says, Slughorn has probably looked over some good people for the Slug Club. But I think the biggest backfire we've seen would have been Tom Riddle. We see that giving Tom the chance to get close to Slughorn gave him the opportunity to manipulate him. We see Slughorn is very upset and embarrassed about this, which we see through the memory. Uh, By the term backfire, I believe this would be the worst. The Slug Club is created for Slughorn to get potentially great students to like him and to manipulate them later, even just for little things like tickets to a Quidditch match. And instead, Slughorn got played, at his own game, by Tom Marvel Riddle, and that blunder pretty much made it possible for Lord Voldemort to come to be. Okay, so this comment puts a lot of blame on Slughorn, mm-hmm. um, when quite <laughs> honestly, I think that Slughorn was just um, a vehicle. I think that Tom would have found out the information he needed to find out from anywhere, Um Yes, Slughorn was manipulated and used by Tom Riddle, but I mean, again, I think this puts a little too much blame on Slughorn for Tom ending up as Lord Voldemort. It probably quite just honestly. I feel like it started the process a little bit earlier. Well, wasn't wasn't the only reason he knew that he could make multiple Horcruxes because he talked to Slughorn? He knew how to make one by the time he talked to him, but he probably would have figured that out anyways, though. Yeah, he just, he didn't even, no, he didn't even ask if it was possible. He said, what would the consequences be? Mm-hmm. So he already uh, if I remember idea, correctly. Right? Yeah, that idea in his mind that you could do it. Well, thank you, everyone, for your fabulous comments. And make sure you go check out the rest of the conversation. There were some really good conversations on these different ideas and different people who could have gotten passed up um, on our main site. All right, let's get started on our Chapter 8 discussion. Chapter 8. Specter Patronum. Snipe victorious. All right, let's go over a little summary about what Chapter 8 was all about. 
Harry is still frozen in place and stuck on the Hogwarts Express, but luckily Tonks comes and saves the day. Tonks then sends a Patronus message for someone to collect Harry, and Snape is the one who unfortunately receives it. Snape leads Harry up to Hogwarts, commenting on how Harry loves the dramatic entrances. Once in the Great Hall, Harry unfortunately isn't able to eat, and Dumbledore begins his end-of-the-feast speech, where we hear the biggest news of all that Snape it will be teaching defense against the dark arts this year. We then end the chapter with Harry and Ron talking to Hagrid and then both realizing that they won't be taking Hagrid's class anymore. So let's go ahead and jump into our first point, which is Harry stuck on that darn train with blood pouring all over his face and nobody knows he is missing. Um, but thankfully Tonks does show up and save him. And they both have to physically jump off the train to make it off. Um, which I just found very comical. <laughs> BT dubs, Harry totally could have died. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he could have choked on his blood, just pouring all into his mouth. I've gotten somebody hit me in the nose before. It is the, and pouring everywhere. I almost gagged and choked on my own blood. So I can only imagine him laying on the floor, yeah. choking to death. Yeah. <laughs> to, to and it says blood. that it's like, yeah, it's like, all in his mouth and everything. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, so disgustingly dripping into his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention then Tonks is just like, oh yeah, no big deal. We're just going to jump off a movie train. A movie yeah, train. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. Like, okay. Why didn't you just ask the conductor to wait a few minutes before they got off? Exactly. Like, can you slow down really? wait? <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that puts the assumption out there that there's a conductor. Oh. <laughs> there was a lot of discussion about that actually on the main site this week um, about who drives the train. Well, we know why... there is a conductor because Lupin goes to talk to him. Yeah, yeah I thought so. Third book. Mm -hmm. That's true. Although, yeah, that's true. And I think the the snack trolley witch lady yeah. him at mm -hmm. one point. Yeah. That's true. Well, there you go. Wizards need a Everybody job somewhere. Everybody on the main site, Allison, she, yeah, mm -hmm, exactly. But, um, yeah, I love that very um, um, dauntless moment that they have That's there exactly they what I thought train. of when rereading it again. I was like, oh, that's dauntless. They're so brave. So, <laughs> yeah, so brave. Just imagine the movie scene where they're jumping off and doing flips off the train. That's perfect. If only it was in the movie. Yeah, and I mean Tonks is a Hufflepuff, so oh, yeah. extra credit to her mm -hmm. for being there so brave. Yep. Extra credit. <laughs> um Harry also takes notice in how unhappy Tonks is and how miserable she is and that she still has that mousy hair. Poor Tonks. And it's so sad. It's it's so sad that he doesn't feel like he can be like, hey, man, serious, mm -hmm. it wasn't your fault that he died. It's cool. Like, you can be fun again. Yeah. Because yeah. then he could really it's get sad. down. Even though that's not what she's really up to. I, I know, but then he'd be able to find <laughs> out what the real reason is that's if he true. could just open up some. Like, it just girl. makes me sad that we have this this such a happy book. And then Tonks, who was just our happy, bright character from the last dark book, mm -hmm. is doesn't get to enjoy the happiness. She's not the bubblegum girl hair anymore. <laughs> oh. I'm telling you, like men, barely worth it. <laughs> girl power episode. Amen. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Talks, you don't need him. Yeah. That's right. And the male bashing begins uh, 25 minutes in. Cool. <laughs> We've done pretty good so far. Pretty good been pretty good so far um and then we see um tonks send a patronus message and harry has to ask her about that but i thought that was pretty cool that we get to see that again tonks sends a patronus and here we have an audio boom about that hi toast to the phoenix here and i was wondering in the next chapter of the half-blood prince tonks sends a patronus to haggard but snake receives it i was wondering why that was what are the criteria when you send a Patronus message? Do you have to know who they are or where they are? Just wondering your thoughts. Thank you. Love the show. Bye. I mean, I don't think there really is a criteria. I just felt like she sent it up that way and assumed Haggard was the one outside to see it. But in reality, Snape was the one who saw it because Haggard was late. Yeah, so, I, I mean, 
there has to be like a way to to like to send it. Mm-hmm. You know, because Kingsley's talks in the next book. That's so, true. yeah, I was gonna say I. I feel like you can send it to where you think they'll be. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's like a... Kingsley's, but you don't really have any direction on like it can only go to this mm-hmm. one specific person. So did everybody in the Great Hall see it? Because it said that it came during the feast, so Snape must have seen it right there then. Well, I don't think Snape was at the feast yet, was Yeah, he? I don't think. I thought he said that, ha- that Haggard was late, so that's why he couldn't receive it. I just assumed he was, like, outside the feast. But you could be right. No, Snapey. Yeah, it just, just it, he just says Hagrid was late for the start of term feast, just mm-hmm. like Potter here, so I took it instead. So who knows where it was? Maybe they have, like, some secret place to send all the Patroni. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, a little tiny miniature one, and it comes up on the desk. It's like an answering machine. Yeah. yeah. It waits in a room until you get there. <laughs> maybe the teacher's lounge? Maybe, maybe. that's where oh, it went? Oh, maybe, yeah. Okay. Maybe? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't see Hagrid in the teacher's lounge, though. <laughs> no, I mean, well, because Hagrid Hagrid is the one who shepherds the first year first years mm-hmm. over on the boats. Yeah. So, so maybe it came to the grounds and Snape, like, saw it through the window or something. I just imagine it just coming up to the front door and whoever's out there, like, he assumes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she assumes Hagrid is out there kind of chilling. Yeah. But, hmm. but it's really Snape. It's a a great question, though. Great question. Um, So then Harry and Tonks make their way up to the locked gate. And, of course, Harry tries our favorite spell, Lohamora, and realizes that doesn't work. Um, And (laughs) Tonks... Come on, Harry, for thinking of that, though. Yeah, very much (laughs) I love how much... How it says, Lohamora, he pointed confidently. I laughed at that, too. Like, he was so proud. He's like, I got this, guys. I got this. Yeah, yeah, like, watch me do this. I can open up this giant gate. It's not going to be protected at all. (laughs) This is so a male moment where he's like, oh, yeah. I have a wall. I'm cocky. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. Look at me, Tonks. Oh, I'm gonna open. I'm gonna open this gate. Oh yeah! I'll make your hair turn bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> but then Tonks mentions to him that Hogwarts has all new protections that Dumbledore has done himself, um, which is great. Obviously, they need it now. <laughs> yeah, more yeah. than ever, mm-hmm. right? More than ever. Then the little light comes and we find out that Snape is the one who ends up getting the Patronus message. Um, and he, uh, gotta love Snape, makes a comment saying that he likes Tonks, his old Patronus, better because the one she has now makes her look makes her look weak, which leaves her looking shocked and angry. And that kind of pissed me off. Makes me hate yeah. Snape even more. <laughs> even just like, oh man, because it's a wolf is... Is Snape saying because you're in love with someone that makes mm-hmm. you weak? Yeah. It's ironic, isn't it? And yeah. right? Let's talk about that dough. Come on. <laughs> and I don't, you know, and it's funny too because his wording is very specific. It doesn't say that it makes you look weak. It says the new one is weak. So like uh, like like it's it's, it's 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 gotcha. like saying right, it's like saying that um you're not weak, but the person that you are well, in it. hindsight, the person that this Patronus is for mm-hmm. is, is weak. weak, and you are but you are better off without him, is what he is telling her right now. Hmm. Which it just it's that you know just the wording of it is very important. The new one looks weak. Mm-hmm. What was Tonks's old Patronus? I feel like we found out on Pottermore, but I don't remember. A beaver? Jack? A jack rabbit? Oh, isn't that Luna's? Uh, no, Luna's nope. is a hair. Yeah, yeah it's a, a jack. It's a jack rabbit, and it was released on Pottermore. Okay, when oh, we learned about okay. the Patronus charm. So got it. That oh. is so much more fitting for her. And yeah, like, I get yeah. it. That like, I get it. Like, you're in love with Lupin. That's cool. And like, you're, you're sad. Patronus is a werewolf. That's fine. As Snape and Harry are walking back up to Hogwarts, Snape docks points from Gryffindor House and puts them in negative numbers. Which is a jerk move. There he he goes again, being up that that stand-up man. Um, And then when entering the Great Hall, Harry thinks about putting on his invisibility cloak and trying to just sneak his way. 
and but Snape automatically says that he can't, you know, don't even think about putting it on. And I mean, there goes Snape reading people's minds yeah. again. <laughs> he knows Harry so well mm-hmm. that it's like that. It's kind of one of those things that you never really think about um, how well Snape knows Harry. But in hindsight, he knows him really well. <laughs> You know, um, I guess he's been doing his job of keeping an eye on him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean he's been nice to him all this time, but he's watching him and he's That's learning. True. He's That's learning true. about him and what he's like and what he does. I and... mean, that just sounds really creepy. Yeah, but <laughs> I you mean, also kind of though it's kind of impressive that he hates him so much, but he's gonna. But I'm still gonna watch, watch you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, Harry is carrying the invisibility cloak in his hand yeah that's true mm-hmm. technically yeah. at this moment so snape could have just been like oh and you're not putting that on mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean maybe he doesn't know him at all i i think it's the opposite <laughs> i actually think snape knows harry incredibly well they could be best friends if they didn't hate each other <laughs> i'm just kidding they would never be friends. Know. <laughs> no <laughs> so harry goes in everybody can see him um sits down Tries to get some food, but can't. Um, oh, that is so sad. <laughs> oh, yeah. But just... And then it just disappears oh. as he reaches for it. I feel uh. so bad for him. So I was reading the chapter mm-hmm. like 20 minutes before I ate dinner and I was kind of hungry. <laughs> and so I totally like had a moment with Harry where I was like, ooh, chicken legs and handful of chips. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. That would be the most depressing thing. After... Really, though? I mean, like, you've been on a train all day. You don't want to eat just the desserts. You actually want to have some protein in your body. Yeah. <laughs> Too yeah. bad Slughorn didn't give him any of his pheasant. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would have been nice, huh? <laughs> yeah, he only gave that to Belby. <laughs> How <laughs> random. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Can Harry, like, call Dobby and be like, hey, Dobby, yeah. I'm hungry. I mean, probably, <laughs> but he's, me fine with his, he's fine with his treacle tart. Let me so. send you a Patronus cool. message. Give me food. <laughs> but no, then Winky's going to get it, and she'll just send up Butterbean instead. <laughs> so on an empty stomach, um, Dumbledore gives the, his um, end of the feast speech, um, and everybody seems to notice that he his hand is blackened and dead looking. But he just plays it off. Um, as nothing, and tells the students not to worry about it. Um, Can we that- talk about the rumor mill that must have started, though, amongst everyone? <laughs> <laughs> there must have been some crazy stories going on about oh, how that sure. happened. And I mean, and everybody and- murmured and started talking just a little bit before he started talking again. So you know there were so many things flying out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'd love to hear some I wanted to. I wanted to talk about how, like, Hermione says it looks like it's dyed. I mean, mm-hmm. is that equivalent, you think, to, like, um, when you get, like, frostbite on something? But he can move it and everything and use his hand, right? Mm-hmm. Seemingly. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it doesn't seem well. like, yeah, full motion. It's not full motion, I don't believe. Doesn't it kind of hurt him, though? Like, he's still I in think pain so. about it? Mm-hmm. Does it? Maybe I a thought- little bit. I don't remember exactly. At the end, I when they were at the caves, I thought that yeah. Harry grabbed onto it an accident, I think, and he, like, flinched. But I, I know there's a moment where he's trying to open a bottle of memories, and he can't get the stopper out with that <laughs> <Yeah>. hand. <laughs> they're not, they're not um, dead hand-proof. <laughs> Child-proof. Sorry, that was a really lame joke. Um, hmm. I, I guess I just, yeah. I was just wondering about how one body part can die and not like it's the same thing like you saying frostbite because people can just get a little bit but okay i've always wondered this too about about um george's ear like how can a vada cadaver hit your ear well it wasn't a vada cadaver it was second sectum sempra i can never say that word it's the severing one and it just hits him in the ear that's what happens with george is it hits him in the air and it takes the ear off. Are you sure it's Sectumsempra? Uh-huh. Wouldn't Malfoy just be, like, mutilated then? Yeah. Well, you can, like, sew it up. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's what Molly does is she, like, ends up sewing up. The no, hole he has a hole in his head. <laughs> well, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, how? I, I, yeah, I, I guess it just. I don't know. Maybe it's about the power of the spell, or the power maybe. of the the potion, or whatever, mm-hmm. or the the wizard, the witch or wizard that makes it. Because I, I feel like. It just seems odd that sometimes a spell can chop your ear off or kill your hand, but other times it kills you or rips your chest open. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe, yeah. But I mean, that's the way Maybe your body kind of works because not everybody has full mobility of every part of their body. And, you know, there's some people have some problems with their tendons and muscles in their hand, but they can still yeah. move it slightly. They just don't have full range motion so that's what i well, assume that dumbledore's hand it's kind of like some of it's deadened or you know um, it's almost like poison too isn't it because don't we learn that snape's just kept it in the hand well like it's he's a curse contained it in yeah he's contained the curse in the hand but he mm-hmm. says it'll spread eventually so right. he's oh, right. right now he just can't like move his hand and fingers yeah mm-hmm. it's so maybe like, yeah it slowly like- works up into his yeah. Heart and then the bloodstream. But like most of it is in the hand that mm-hmm. got the whole shock of it at once and it that's why it's dead. I guess because the curse was in the ring and he put the ring on, mm-hmm. then I guess it makes sense that it would start I mean, obviously it starts in the hand. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I guess I don't have to yeah. say that. It just <laughs> But I did also like here um the little point how it says that there are poisons without antidotes. And then ah. um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Weasley, Ronald, gets um, poisoned. Whoops. I mean, also obviously the, that one has an antidote. but <laughs> The poison in the cave, too. Oh, oh right. yeah. yeah. And then Dumbledore goes and announces that Slughorn is the new potion master, potions master, while Snape will be the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. <gasps> Gasp now. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just remember from the first time I read this, I was so shocked. And then when Harry goes into the part and was like, well, actually, he didn't really say. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. But still, how could he? Yeah. It's, you just assume it after so many years that mm-hmm. it's, that's what it's going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first time that I read this, I was pretty young. And I thought that it was just a typo until I kept reading. <laughs> oh, nice. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I was I had Harry's reaction that like what? <laughs> Screaming and Yeah, no, I did too, definitely. I mean, I was older when I read it. Um so I remember the the first thing I was like, "Well, I guess he'll be gone after this year." Um, <laughs> and then it's funny that like 10 lines later, like that's what they say. That's, that's what Harry, and says. Harry says, "Oh, it he, he'll be gone at the end of this year." Yeah. Ironically, he's not gone at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. He is, but he's not. Yeah. There's so, a different um, position. <laughs> it's just weird um, how that works out. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Dumbledore and Snape must have had a conversation. I, I guess I just wonder how it. I mean, like a good sit Slug- down talk, like about the dark arts. Well, I think it might have come because Dumbledore went and hired Slughorn so late. I always assumed it was everything went into motion after he after everything happened with his hand and he knew he was going to die by the end of the year so he knew he had to keep Snape around but he also knew he had to it would be easier if Snape could get bumped mm. out of teaching position somehow in the next year or he knew that made he, more sense in my head he was going to die and he's like WTF, he's just going to be the new DADA teacher. <laughs> Who cares what happens? YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> I think that um, the conversation probably happened after um, the Unbreakable Vow. Yeah, it could have. It's probably, it's probably when um, a lot of the pieces of the plan That's true. kind of came together mm-hmm. because... We don't truly know how much Snape knew about what Lord Voldemort had planned for Draco. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much he knew about it before that day. Um, so I-, I always imagined that the Unbreakable Vow happened. And then Snape somehow got back to Dumbledore, told him what happened. And then they were like, okay, well, 
I guess it's time to, um, you know, get you out of here. We'll get Slughorn in. And it's, uh, that is very fortuitous and perfect because um, the Death Eaters want him. So let's bring him to Hogwarts under the pretense of protecting him. And that puts you in the DADA job. And then you can peace out after you kill me. <laughs> cool, right? Good plan? Let's Bump. do it. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. Break. Yeah. So... I don't know. That that's kind of what I always pictured. It was shocking, though. I remember mm-hmm. reading it and being like, "Oh yeah, okay. Well, Snape's gone." I actually thought this was a clue that Snape was gonna die. So, I I just thought it was just gonna go back into the dark ways. Kind of. I didn't think he would die. I wish, but no. <laughs> oh, ooh, listeners aren't gonna like you for that one. <laughs> Um, no, Sorry. but like because I always read into circle theory, so I mean, obviously, um, gotcha. I, I I imagine something equivalent to Lockhart was was mm. going to happen was going to happen to him in this book. That's true. Yeah. So then we are left off with Harry and Ron are exiting the feast, and they run into the beloved Hagrid, and Hagrid tells them all about how Grop is doing and how he has a new home in the mountains. Um, so it was great that we have found out how well he is doing. Um, as the boys depart Hagrid, um, he talks about how he will see them tomorrow in class. And that's when both Harry and Ron realize that they aren't taking care of magical creatures this year, and neither is Hermione, which Hagrid does not know. And that makes me sad for poor little Hagrid. That is sad. Poor little Hagrid. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you have to worry about poor little Hagrid. <laughs> He's little, um, little on the inside. Little on the inside. <laughs> nice. Um, I actually, I wanted to go, I want to go back into the Great Hall for a moment or kind of outside of it mm-hmm. as they're leaving. Um, when, when Harry tells Ron about what Malfoy did to him. And I really like the line how it says it was a mark of the strength of their friendship that Ron didn't laugh. Oh, yes. Yeah, but a line later, Harry calls him a pig head. <laughs> yeah, he does. No, it's I true. That. BFFs, but, right? What yeah. are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like. Um, it was mentioned last week. I think it was Michael that mentioned um, how in this book we are getting one hundred percent of the mystery. We're getting all the answers, like mm-hmm. right up front. She's telling yeah. us the entire story, the plot, everything, all the little hidden bits. And here's another one. Where it says, how do you know Voldemort doesn't need some at Hogwarts? It wouldn't be the first, and I think he was going to say first time. And it's just another hint that, like, Harry yeah. has his junk together, mm-hmm. this book, which is just... Yeah. Surprising. It's, it's And it's nice. I don't know. It I guess is nice. I, I wish I had picked up on right. all these mm-hmm. and, like, believed in Harry <laughs> the first time. Um, but, but that's you know. what I think makes it so great, is that we don't believe Harry and even Ron and Hermione don't believe Harry Mm-mm. and then Harry's right which is ridiculous kind of which is ridiculous <laughs> that Ron and Hermione don't at least indulge him because I mean I get it that like I mean they've been his, they've followed him a lot yeah and and I get yeah. like I understand that like everything that happened in in Order of the Phoenix mm-hmm. was tragic tragic but I mean somebody I remember when I was reading through the comments today pointed out um that um they are so proud of the fact that like Dumbledore eventually gives them this mission and like that he has told them about the prophecy and like they're only 16 yet somehow they find it odd that Voldemort would put a 16 year old in the exact same position just on the dark side of things instead of the light mm-hmm. like That's they're true. in the same situation as Draco and somehow they're kind of like closed off and being a little kind of dumb about it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That makes sense. Yeah, our listeners are pretty brilliant. I like I didn't come up with that. I wish I did. I like seeing how much in this book how we've seen so much already too. Just how much of a friendship they really do have and those little lines. Mm-hmm. Like I think there was one a couple chapters ago when he was telling them about everything, you know, how he yeah, just Yeah, there's felt a lot of them so- in this book. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is just me, though, but it kind of makes me sad that Harry thought he would laugh when he's talking about his best, or <laughs> he's talking about having his best friend's face stamped on. Like, did he really think Ron was going to laugh at that? Because I don't 
think I would assume my friends would laugh at that. I don't but think he assumed. I don't mm-hmm. think he assumed that Ron was going to laugh. I think that it was just, you know, Ron didn't do anything. He was just like, mm-hmm. ugh, mm-hmm. what a prat. There you go. You no, know, yeah. he didn't say that, but he could have. He could have said that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a Ron line. Um, <laughs> okay, I was like, is this just my Hufflepuff side coming out, or? <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It's definitely your Hufflepuff side coming out. No, I don't think Harry thought that Ron was going to laugh at him. Because that's a crappy friend, if you laugh yeah. at that. I mean, we've all no. laughed when our friends fall down, let's be real. <laughs> yes, that's uh, yeah. If you trip on something, you laugh about it. But, like, getting your your face stamped on, kind of a different Yeah, that's not, a different. Not quite as funny. Mm-hmm. Especially by your, quote-unquote, arch enemy, you know? So, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, poor Hagrid. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I'll say about that. Ugh. Boo-hoo. So that wraps up our discussion for this week. All right, and now at the end of the chapter, like every chapter, we will be going into our podcast question of the week. So we talked a little bit in this chapter, but not a lot, about Tonks coming to Harry's rescue. Girl power. Um, so but dauntless. What... Mm, sorry. <laughs> but we didn't talk a lot about it, so that's our question of the week is this week, is what if Tonks hadn't come to Harry's rescue? Does Hogwarts take attendance, and would anyone notice he wasn't there and come looking for him? Or would Harry really have gone back to London dripping blood? So tell us what you think by going to alohomora.mugglenet.com. It's such an interesting question. I'm really Mm -hmm. excited to see what everybody's going to come up with for this one. Get creative. No, I don't have to tell you all that. I know you're going to anyway. (laughs) Oh, and thank you, Lauren, so much for joining us this episode. We hope you had fun on this very short little chapter. I did. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Now, you are a transcriber for the show, yes? Yep, I am. You are. And Mm -hmm. you have something very cool going on at your school, right? Yeah, I'm going to J.K. Rowling, right? Yep. I'm going to the University of Iowa next year, and my aunt works down there, and she's a big Harry Potter fan also. So she texted me and asked if I wanted to write a letter because they're starting a letter writing campaign to try to get J.K. Rowling to come speak at the University of Iowa next spring. Awesome. So where, um, how can people participate in this if they want to? You can email the letter to lecture-committee at uiowa.edu. Perfect. So anyone out there who wants to get J.K. Rowling to Iowa, let's send a letter. It's definitely a long shot, but it's still pretty fun. I wrote my letter on my Harry Potter stationery. Awesome. Well, she's going to get them regardless. So, I mean, why not? Might as well go for it. Yeah, exactly. You never, ever, ever know. So, it's Joe. She might surprise you. And, you know, like like she does with people on Twitter all the time. Well, and, like, she's going to give us... And she's going to give us the Stan Shumpike backstory. Yeah. Right, Joe? <laughs> right. Right. Well, thank you again, Lauren, so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Good. And if you would like to be on the show like Lauren, just check out the Be On The Show page at alohomora.mugglenet.com. If you have a set of Apple headphones, you're all set. You don't need any fancy equipment. And while you're over there on the website, don't forget to download a free ringtone. They are amazing. I jam out to mine every time my phone rings. Like... <laughs> I mean, our cl- our closing song is just so catchy. Nice. Mine's my alarm, so. <laughs> Wait, the song is your alarm? Yes, it is. Oh, oh my that's God, that's great. a really good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. You're welcome, everybody. Um, okay, I'm going to do that right now. But in the meantime, if you want to thank Kristen for that amazing idea, you can find us on Twitter at LohamoraMN, Facebook.com slash Open the Dumbledore, on Tumblr at MN Alohomora Podcast. Of course, our phone number is 206-GO-ALBUS. That's 206-462-5287. I can say that phone number in my sleep. (laughs) And don't forget, you can leave us an audio boom, just like the one you heard on the show today. It's free. All you need is an internet connection and a microphone. You can do it right at alohamora.mugglenet.com. In the right-hand menu, bar, sidebar thing on the website, there's a little button that says, send us a hoot. (laughs) It's very punny. So click on that little button, record it, do keep it under 60 seconds, please. That way we can record it or um, play it on the show. And yeah, there you go. It could be a comment, a question, um, a song. We love songs. Songs are fun. So <laughs> send us anything. 
And don't forget to check out our store where we have house shirts, desk pig shirts, um, Mandrake Liberation Front, Minerva is my home home girl, and so many more things. Um, And we have a discount running now. Use the coupon code PARTY15 for $5 off a $30 purchase (laughs) through March 4th. (laughs) Dubstep optional. (laughs) And if you want to get all of the great things that go on behind the scenes of this show, make sure to check out our smartphone app, which is available on this side of the pond and the other, as we have been directed by Eric to say. Um, Prices vary. It includes things like transcripts, bloopers, alternate ending, host vlogs, and more. And there's been some really good stuff on there lately. So Mm -hmm. go check it out. Yeah, <laughs> all of the lovely um, dancing, not dueling. Yeah, water oh, dancing. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Mwah, I love you. I think I think um, my dueling video is going up this week because okay, we've had nice. some outtakes on the last couple episodes. So um, this will be a funny one, kids. And yes. with that, we are going to wrap up this episode. I am Kat Miller. I'm Allison Sigurd. And I'm Kristen Keyes. Thank you for listening to episode 126 of Alohomora. Open the Dumbledore, and we'll have to jump off the train to get you to Hogwarts, Harry. And Talk sends a Patronus, and we actually have an audio boom about that. You want to say that again since you said Talks and not Tonks? Oh. Tonky Tonk Tonk, the Honka Tonk. (laughs) (laughs) 